Hi there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the livehealthy.ae podcast, we have Sarah Albuquerque, an Emirati mother of three, and she's a member of the Live Healthy expert panel since we launched. Uh, Sarah started her career in information technology before moving on to public administration. Then a few years ago, she trained to become a co-active coach through the Coaches Training Institute. And um, you became one of the few Emirati life coaches at that time, there might be a few more now, but um, that was in a very common field. And I wanted to ask you, starting out, a little bit about that, um, what you experienced, what the reaction was, what made you do it. First of all, just what made you do it? Oh, hi, Anne. First of all, thank you so much for, <laughs> for inviting me to this. Um, so what made me do it? Honestly, I have a little of a story to, to share with you. Since I was... Uh, since I was at grade four, uh, I was always the um, uh, the social worker, I would call myself, who always uh, solved the family's issues and concerns, you know, imagine. So I was in grade four at that time, I was nine to 10 years old. And with the time, it became something within me. You know, this is my character, Hussara. I remember at college, my friends used to call me, if they, if they watch this, they will remember, they used to call me Mother Teresa. And uh, in the UAE, <laughs> and in the UAE, there was a very famous social worker. Her name is Um Khalifa. So if Emiratis are watching this, they will remember her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used, the one, I used to be the one who uh, my friends would, would really feel comfortable to come and to counsel and, you know, to get an advice, to solve their issues, to, to have a different perspective and uh, kind of uh, guide them, inspire them, you know, push them to do stuff. And um, uh, so I think this was the, the, the little uh, the, the, the seed that was in me, honestly, that I really wanted to get some kind of profession or certification to, to help me uh, in that field. And uh, this was the start of this. This was the start of this journey. So you've been coaching for a very long time. You've been, you were born to do oh, it. Born to do it. Oh, yes. So I didn't know that I was coaching at that time. I thought I was just, you know, counseling, helping people, you know, just motivating people and so on. But apparently it, it was similar to coaching a lot. And uh, yeah, and this is where I started uh, this journey. Alhamdulillah, I'm really grateful for it. I'm really grateful for it. So you, you, you jumped from like doing it sort of amateur to training. Was How did you decide to proceed with training? Like the coactive coaching isn't done here, I don't think, is it? Yeah. So, uh, so how did I start with this? Um, how did you, how did you start? How did you decide where to train? Yeah. So, and so when I studied, so I'll take one step back. So when I studied my, my bachelor's degree, uh, I have been saying this in all the interviews that have been done, uh, I've been doing, uh, it was one of my, my life mistakes. Yeah. Which I'm today I'm accepting and I'm appreciating because I learned a lot from it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not an IT guru. I'm not an IT person, but I studied IT. I ended up studying uh, IT, yeah? And at that time, it was uh, the, the trend. My brothers, my family were like, oh, yeah, go to IT. We'll get a job quickly. And that's true, honestly. I got a job within two months after I graduated. <laughs> but I was doing horrible. You know, I was not performing at all. And there was something within me telling me, you know, it, it's not you. It's not your field. You're a people person. You have to be out in the field with them. And this is when I started counseling people. And apparently, I sat with a coach which at that time, I didn't know what is coach. I thought he's someone who would help me with my career. Okay. But I ended up knowing he's a career coach. And he was the first one in 2015. Uh, he was telling me, he, he said, you know what, Sarah, actually, you have to be a coach. You know, you have to study at the same university or the same uh, school that I came up from. And it's here just in Dubai. You don't have to travel. You don't have to do anything. And it's just you. And subhanAllah, with, with time, with life, family, I just ignored it. And I started my career, you know, working here and there, doing so many things. And 2017, this is the time I had some, you know, just family tragedy at that time, which really somehow transformed my life. Uh -huh. and, and I was like, you know what? No, it's time to do something for me. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we're lucky here in the UAE, as you're aware, most of the international schools, have, we have them here in Dubai and in Abu Dhabi. So uh, I got to know about this school, which is a, a coaching training institute in Dubai. Um, I applied during the summer and I was enrolled within 60 days. So this is when I, and I started, it was in 2017. Um, it, it was uh, five months commuting to Dubai during the weekends, once a month. And after that, I decided to continue the, um, the certification uh, with the, uh, I would say, the, the, the mother uh, uh, leading uh, global uh, school for, for coaching, which is International Coach Federation, for another six months online. It was a bit challenging, but alhamdulillah, we went through it. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, here, here I am today. So can I just go back? You did what so many people do, is you go into a field, into a career where it's practical. You're going to get a job and you're, you know, it's not your dream. It's someone else's dream for you that you're going to have security and stability. Did you notice when you were in school, when you were doing your bachelor's degree, did you notice? No, not really. I, I was, honestly, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just one of the most of the people who, if they, are, uh, if they are really committed and they want to achieve something, whether they like it or not, they will just do it. You know, I had a group of friends, a group of people, you know, just motivating each other. Alhamdulillah, I got quite a good GPA, which was 3.4 hmm. at that time. And I was at the honor list for one year or two years. So um, I, didn't, I didn't really realize it at that time. And you know, so I think the age also plays, play, plays a huge factor. At that time, we don't really think that it's really important to you. Yeah. So how old were you when you started to think, I don't like, I'm, I'm not really, this isn't my passion? As soon as I started not performing at my first job. Okay. Yeah. Which was after I graduated, after a couple of months, I got that job, you know, in, in one of the oil industry uh, companies. And uh, I, I wasn't doing uh, much. I wasn't doing really good, you know. I feel it and I can see people, you know, when they look at me. I don't have that passion. I go at eight, I finish at three. And I don't feel it, you know. I'm just doing whatever is required from me in that job description. But there's something that's missing. How and this is where all, yeah. Sorry, I just like, how did you get through that time? Because that's sort of a scary feeling when you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. So many people have that feeling. 
how did you cope? Um, I think, uh, see, one of the things that we do have in the in the Arab culture or the Emirati's culture is is counseling. So you always talk to your family, you always talk to the to, to your friends, and they always advise you, which is alhamdulillah, I'm grateful to have, uh, because they, they give you this um, short-term feeling of, of happiness. When I used to counsel them, you know, and tell my friends, and they're like, no, no, you'll get over it. You know, it's your first job. You can do it. You know, it's it's we have been through it. So I think at that time I was like, mm, okay, so maybe it's it's a matter of time and, and then I'll enjoy it. Yes. And what what got you to shift from that to learning to trust yourself? You know, so many of us think more, in, in many cultures, you put more credence into um, your family and friends and what they think than what you think inside. So how did that sort of, how did that transition happen for you? I think it's, to be honest, it's age, it's maturity, uh, it's time. Um, sometimes you need just to trust the time, you know, it's a, you just need time just to realize. I think I've been through so many things. I always uh, tell people, uh, if I have a metaphor to my life, it's, it's similar to a roller coaster. You know, it's been sometimes I have ups and downs and I think any human being have the same or a different roller coaster, yeah. uh, which, which you learn from. And, and if you have this um, inquiry mindset where you keep asking yourself, is this really what I want to? Even my husband, he, he always remember me telling him, you know, I, I've been always telling him, you know, I'm missing something which I don't know what it is. Okay. There's something in me that's missing. Mm-hmm. I had the first child and then I had the second child and then I did my master's degree and then I got my second job. And there's always this thing which is missing, which I never knew what is it. Okay. And then you had a third child and that was great too, but that was still. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. That was another mistake in my life. She was not, she was not a planned, you know, child. At that time, uh, I was grateful for everything I got. And, uh, and it is, you know, sometimes you, you have to get something happens to you in your life where you realize, hmm, wait a minute. I think I need to take a step back. And just realized. And honestly, this is what, what uh, happened to me in, in 2017 when I was like, hmm, uh, there was a 12 years old, uh, my daughter's uh, best friend and, um, and her cousin. And uh, they had a car accident and unfortunately we lost her. Hmm. So uh, it, it was, uh, I think this was the life transformation that happened to me at that time. When I saw, uh, when I saw my, my daughter suffering, when I saw everyone suffering, myself suffering and this is when i ask myself you know what do i really want to leave behind me you cannot guarantee your life forever you never know when are you leaving so what do i really want to to leave behind me and this was the moment okay this was the moment and had you talked to the coach before that or after that so i talked to the coach before that yeah okay Yes, and then I went back to, to the uh, silence mode. I didn't do anything to it. But then after what happened to me, I spoke to the coach again. And this is when I started. Okay. So now you've got three kids. You've got a full-time job. You're learning to be a coach. How did you fit all those things into your life? Like, to, you know, when were you studying? And when were you parenting? And when were you working? 
<laughs> okay, so I always get this question. And besides that, I'm a motivational speaker and I do write at your platform and I have my website and I, yeah, and I do a couple of sessions and webinars. So how do I do that? Honestly, it's one thing, just reprioritize your life. You know, it's reprioritization. Imagine, I, I think the last time I watched TV, it was uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> so so I, <laughs> I had to take things out of my list. I had to really focus on what exactly do I want to spend my time and my energy to. Um, it's, it's more of a time management. And let me, t let me be very, very open with you. you know, sometimes I do fall behind. Sometimes I do feel guilty. Yes, I have this self-doubt. You're not, you're not good enough. You know, you have to spend more time with your kids. You have to spend more time at your job. You have to. But then when I look at the quality and when I look at the outcome of what I'm doing, I'm like, no, let me continue. I'm, I'm doing a good job. So, so let me give you my, my uh, regular day, yeah? So uh, we all have 24 hours. I do sleep between, you know, uh, seven to eight hours a day, eight hours uh, full-time job. But I have, uh, usually I spend nine to 10 hours at my job. So when I come back, I do have these six hours uh, to spend with the family. Um, I really focus on quality. So um, the way I raise my, my children is really to be independent and to, to look after themselves. Yes, we do have helpers, we do have nannies, but they're here to, to support us, yeah, as much as we need to support them. Um, so we spend time, a lot of quality time, a lot of discussions, you know, it's, it's, I, I'll, I, I always say they're very powerful. Um, it's not a matter of, of quantity as much of quality. And uh, after they all go to sleep, this is my study time and my coaching time. Okay. So even when I studied with the, with the online, during the online uh, course, it was, I, I selected the pod that starts at 9.30 p.m. And usually at 9.30, my kids are on bed, you know. It's, um, it's me time, I would call it. Okay, wow. At the end of the day, you do all that. And when you um, decided that you wanted to be a coach, one of the pieces that you've written for livehealthy.ae was about how it's an uncommon choice. It's not something that a lot of Emiratis do or go to. And so can you talk to me a little bit about how, how that was at the beginning and how it's changed? Oh, yes. So my dad, he's, he's almost 80, uh, 70 plus. Until today, he always asked me, why did you do this coaching? Why didn't you do your PhD, your second master's, or something else, something that we know? <laughs> I'm used to this question, you know. I'm used to this comment. Um, so, so let me let me take let me take one step back. What did I? Why did I go for coaching, not for psychiatry, psychology, or something else into human behavior? Can I stop you for a second? Would that have been more understood and recognized? In your in your family and peers, if you were if you decided to become a psychologist or a, a psychologist. oh yes okay, it is understood, but it's not something that people would really feel feel proud of to go to see a psychiatrist. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yes, we do know them. That we we do know this science. We do know that it exists, but we, we will never feel feel proud to to have a psych a psychiatrist uh, you know in place. But the coaching itself, the terminology coaching itself, was not very common. So I remember when I studied my, my studies, uh, most of, not most, I'd say 99% of the people who I know, they didn't know about it. Right. 
So, and just one person who, who would say, yeah, we've, we've heard about life coaches and we know them. And, but majority, they didn't. And they keep asking me, so what is it? I, I didn't know at that time that when I explain to them what's coaching, it's actually fulfilling my life purpose. Ah, okay. So the education part of it is part of what you're supposed to do. It's the awareness part of it. Awareness, okay. So I didn't notice that when I raise people's awareness, it's something that's fulfilling me. Ah. Similar to the uh, UA culture awareness, the sessions that I do to expats. Yes. Because I raise people's awareness and I just tell them to, uh, and even if you ask me, Sarah, why do you want to raise people's awareness? I'll tell you just to accept each other. You know, at the end of the day, we're all humans. Mm-hmm. We share the same pain. We share the same hope. We share the same, you know, desires, needs. At the end of the day, no matter where you're from, how old you are, what I am, what's my nationality, at the end, we do share similarities. And they just want to reach out that we are all humans. So this was my main purpose of raising people's awareness. So when I when I used to, you know, explain about coaching, I didn't know that I was so passionate about it. It's not only about the coaching itself, mm-hmm. as much as, you know, just informing people about another science that's there and can help them, you know, and and, and it might be even easier for them to to get or to approach instead of going to a psychiatrist. Unfortunately, some, you know, I would say about myself and my family we might think, oh, these are the crazy people who, who just go to a psychiatrist. You know, this is the kind of, uh, unfortunately, the, the misunderstood uh, uh, of, of this uh, knowledge. So, so it was a bit new to them. Um, I kept, you know, I, honestly, it would be, you know, between five to ten times a day, I tell people about coaching and educating people about coaching. Oh, what is it exactly? And uh, I remember uh, one of my family members, she said, so why would you invest hundreds of thousands, you know, on this? Instead, if you can just ask any of your family member and they would just advise you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I've got so many advices in my life. <laughs> and uh, they didn't really suit me much. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say because I'm learning how to do it rather than just, you know, I, I guess the old thing is when you talk to your family, they have desires for you right like they have a vision of who they want you to be and they want you to be comfortable and absolutely yeah absolutely and and at the end of the day whoever made me today I'm still grateful to all the advices that I received you know Um, I would never be in this shape today without without them and and the way and the approach that they raised me I, I can't just you know just neglect what they have done um but again Today we, we talk about uh, agility and you know new science and new ways of looking into things and I'm grateful. Alhamdulillah. And, uh, yes, I got to know about this this science and uh, the 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 whole process of coaching is 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 very simple and it it kind of empowers the other person. I don't really give an advice. You know, I don't have an agenda for the for my clients. Okay. Actually, they are fully empowered as much as I'm empowered. So we we do partner with each other. It's not about me, you know, just it's one way of giving advice. It's more of, of uh, two, two, uh, two relationships between two parties uh, and they empower each other just to inspire each other and just uh, maximize their potential. And this is what is coaching. Um, so walk me through a little bit if, uh, when someone comes to you. What's the sort of process that you go through? Do you have a set amount of sessions or how does it work? So, um, um, so I'll, I'll speak about myself because each coach has their own or different ways of doing it. 
um, I do follow definitely the uh, the guidelines of uh, the International Coach Federation in terms of code of conduct and so on. So, so there are a couple of principles that we have to follow or guidelines. One of them, the one that I would put hundred lines underneath, is confidentiality. Mm-hmm. So the relationship is very, very confidential between myself and my clients. Even sometimes I do sit, you know, in gatherings and they don't know who am I coaching because this is something that I do tell them. I would never speak about who my clients are and what do we talk about. I might, I might refer to the learning that will come uh, out of this relationship, but then it's up to you to speak about who I am, you know, your coach is not about me. So I do maintain that kind of confidentiality. The way I do it myself, I do offer a 30, uh, 30 minutes uh, free sessions just for clients to get to know coaching. What is it and what's this relationship? Especially that I do have a public account on Instagram. You know, when I have my website, I do receive a lot of inquiries, a lot of questions. And uh, I directly provide them with this 30 minutes. Alhamdulillah, most of my clients, I, I got them from, um, from social media. Ah. Uh, during during this 30 minutes, we discuss what's coaching, what do we do, what's the relationship, um, you know, uh, how many sessions do I provide. Myself, as, as Sarah, I do provide one session, standalone session, which honestly I don't advise with because the relationship, the, 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 the transformation that you want to see from a coaching do usually require uh, some time, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I do provide, provide one session because some clients come to me and they're like, no, you know what? I have just one topic and I, I don't want to have three or 10 or up to them. So I do provide one session. I do provide a package of uh, five sessions or 10 sessions. At the same time, so during these sessions, the first, the first session is the longest where I spend around uh, one hour to two hours, usually 90 minutes to, to 120. And we discuss... Uh, the life purpose, we look into the, the, the client's uh, strengths, areas of improvement, uh, agenda, objectives, what do they want to achieve, you know, as much as we have a very, very clear of objectives. And each session that follows, um, we talk about one topic or one objective. The relationship definitely is, uh, as I said, we, we, we have to have this kind of uh, bond and uh, just kind of like a charisma and kind of acceptance. I, I, I need the client to really feel comfortable with the coach. The same thing for the coach. So this is the 30 minutes. And then when we start, uh, we look into the different aspects of their life where they actually they want to, to focus. And we start then a session by session. Um, the process of the session itself depends a lot on the powerful questions. Okay. So there are a lot of skills uh, the coach should have. Yeah, um, I would just name a couple of them. One of them is accountability. The client has to be accountable to the actions. Um, um, I do ask a lot of powerful questions. The coach usually have a strong intuition, you know, or, or hunch, which usually we share openly um, with the client. I make sure that we do have a space uh, that is safe and, and where the client would really feel uh, comfortable just to share anything and be vulnerable with, with the coach. Um, again, I don't have an agenda. It's the client's agenda. Um, if I see something, and usually as a coaches, we, we, we look into the clients. They, each client has a unique gems. And I always tell them, you know, you have the gems. I'm not inventing these gems. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of with the life, you know. Sometimes it has some dust. Yeah. We just clean them and we give it to the clients. This is it. This is what we do. What do people want? What are they coming to you for? Are they 
is, is it wage? Is it career? Like, is it family? What's, what's, is there a common theme at all? It's actually, it's a mix of everything. Um, 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 until today, I didn't really put a specific niche to my coaching. So I, that's why I kept it abroad. It's, it's life coaching. So we do tackle things about um, their personalities. We do tackle stuff about their relationships with people, their career, and, um, and uh, about marriage. Some clients, you know, they're, they're confused about marriage and how to select the, the other party. But it's, it's not about the, the other people. It's more about you. So you need to understand yourself first. And this is one of the things that I've noticed common with most of the clients, you know, that the aspect of me knowing myself, you know, just honoring my own values and having a specific, clear life purpose is not there yet. Okay. That's what you're helping them get to. That's Absolutely. Like you got to it. You're helping them. Absolutely. You know, even when they, when they speak to me, I, I've, I've been hearing this a lot from my clients. They're like, oh my God, Sarah, when you speak, you know, it's, it's similar to, we feel that you do feel us. Maybe you have been through this. And I'm like, yes, of course. You know, uh, I've, I would never, you know, come and I, and I give advice or support other people if I, if I didn't really experience what you're saying. So I do feel the pain. I do feel the self-doubt that you have. And uh, if you remember one of the articles we wrote in Live Healthy about saboteur. Yes. Yes. I and you think this, uh, this sound, negative sound, mm -hmm. which most of us have. And mm -hmm. so today I do have it, you know, even if I'm a coach. Me too. It's just a matter of you too, right? Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> it, it, it's a matter of just recognizing that voice, you know, just knowing that voice is there and how do you deal with it? Yeah. No, I don't think everyone has that voice, but I think most people do. Most I really like, if you want to go to read Sarah's piece on your inner saboteur, it's really good. Um, what do you do when you feel, do you ever have clients that you feel, oh, this is veering a bit into maybe what a psychologist or a psychiatrist would be talking about? I'm not really equipped. Like, how do you walk that line? Absolutely. So um, even during our studies in the coaching, uh, they, they used to tell us to differentiate when the client really needs to see a psychiatrist. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I, I'm authentic. I can't just, you know, just take the, the, the role of a different science. If somebody needs to see, you know, more kind of in-depth uh, uh, self-development or kind of knowing themselves and talking to an expert, I would definitely advise them to see a psychiatrist. And it happens once. And it happened also to me when, when I advised the client that they are not ready for coaching. So some of them, they would... Yeah, some of them, they would just be, you know, curious about the science and, you know, let me go and see a life coach. But they're not really, you know, committed mm. to that transformation and that change. And I've, I've been very honest. I just tell them, you know what, you guys, you're not really ready for this transformation. And please, once you're ready, you just come back to me. Don't waste your time. And I, want, I don't want to waste my time. I'll, I'll give you my, your money back. And yeah. Okay. I was going to say, does it ever happen that you just don't like someone? And you don't want to work with them? <laughs> Honestly, it's not about me liking. It's more about um, two ways feeling comfortable to each other. Yeah. Um, it didn't happen to me before, but it happened when I noticed that the, the clients are not really committed. You know, yeah, it happened with two clients where I told them, thank you so much. You know, just I'll, I'll give you your money back. And uh, whenever you're ready, please feel free to come back. Because that's a drag for you to work with them if they're just not, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So are most of your clients Emirati then? Or do you have all sorts of backgrounds? 
Um, so far, uh, my clients are Arabs, most of them. So they're Emiratis. They're, uh, I have a couple of clients outside the UAE, and we do it uh, virtually. And uh, I have a couple of Arabs as well. Okay. And um, have, you been, have you noticed a change in what people are talking to you about during coronavirus? Or did you just keep along what you were working on before? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been... Uh, it's been, uh, you know, a very, very difficult time for all of us, to be honest, even to myself. Yeah. Um, at the beginning with my clients, it, it was a quiet, uh, quiet. <laughs> they, they, they had uh, uh, some, some space. They, they requested actually to have some space and some um, distance. They didn't want actually at that time to, to get into any kind of support or help, um, which I do respect. And, and I do feel um, it was a challenge to all of us, to be honest. But then this is when, after I believe uh, the first month, then one by one, they started coming back. Okay. And, uh, and they started to realize a couple of things within their life. So even the agenda that we had or the objectives that we had at the beginning of this, uh, this journey had to be changed. Ah. You know, we had to go back and, re- and revisit that. Okay. So, so we usually have something called the designed alliance, you know, or just kind of an agreement between me and the client, which we do in the first session. We had to visit that. And this is what I did with, with all of them, not one even, all of them. We had to go back, revisit that, you know, and just uh, redesign our relationship. So they froze, right? When, when this all descended, well, like, like many of us just froze and thought, oh my gosh, what is happening? And then backed off and then... Do you think that time everyone had at that extra time, even if you were still working, you know, you had, you weren't doing anything. So what do you think that time sort of did? So I think that time, what it did with them, similar what it did with myself. Yeah. So that time is the time where people started to realize that, oh, we took life for granted, mm-hmm. you know, all of us, we took life for granted. And, and there are things that we thought uh, are really high priority in our life, which we realized actually, no, there are other, other things we need to focus on. So um, we had, uh, I, I feel that time was, was the best opportunity for, for people just to realize and, and reset uh, their, uh, their priorities and, the, and their uh, agendas. And uh, this is actually what happened with my clients and with myself, you know, even myself. So um, the first session was a bit, it was quite challenging with the client. They thought, you know, we would just go back directly. And they were kind of surprised when I told them, you know what, let's redesign. And they said, oh, we really wanted to do that, but we didn't know how to ask. I said, no, that's okay. I do feel for you. I've been through this. You know, at the end, I'm human as well. Yeah. So we went back to redesign. We went back to visit their, their, their goals and their objectives. And uh, they realized a few things about themselves as well, which they wanted to share with, them, with me. And it, it was quite, um, quite a, I would say, one of the best times, honestly, with my clients. And for you, the coronavirus, like you said, you've had, what, is, what has changed for you, would you say, in the last three months? Many. Well, it's, it's honestly, it's many. Um, I would say from... Uh, it started with myself, me and myself, you know, just, uh, I always tell them, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a collective of so many people within one body. So uh, it started with me just realizing um, um, 
how much do I really put pressure on myself? How much do I, um, if, if people would drive on, on, you know, just a moderate kind of speed, I'm always on high speed uh, in everything in my life. And, you know, with this COVID happened and this pandemic, it's kind of put my life on, on pause, you know, on, on hold. Everything is on hold. Mm-hmm. And it was very challenging to me just to cope with this slow. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. not me. Yeah, you so, wrote uh, for us. You wrote about burning out. I think, right? Like that was your last article was to how you had sort of burned out. You were. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and this burned out happened last year. You know, during last summer, but it, it went some time within my inbox even before I shared it with you. Yeah. So before all of this pandemic, yes, I had time where I really burned out. And, uh, and, but at that time, I didn't know it came from, from me, from inside, but now it was from outside, from an outside factors, external factors, you know, which I can't control. Right. Um, so, so, so first of all, it started with myself just to take things slowly as rest. Sometimes my mind, I do a lot of things, but at the same time, it's good to, you know, just, just take it, take it slowly and, uh, and just chill. This is what my eldest daughter used to tell me. Oh, mom, just chill. <laughs> <laughs> That's great when your daughter's telling you to chill, chill. What uh, oh, advice do you have? I'll, I mean, this isn't, we're going to be a couple of weeks until this podcast airs, but people will still be slowly going back to work. And I know they're really worried about it. So I wondered if you had any advice, like if what you're telling your clients about just going back into the workplace after working from home. See, I would always, um, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of uh, the power of three, you know, always mentioning stuff into three things. So um, three things I always tell my clients and I even tell my, my kids, you know, and my family. Uh, when you go back to your life, um, just rem- remind yourself of three things. The first of all is acceptance. Accept what happened. Accept what you went through. Accept yourself. Accept the the these circumstances uh, that he went through. It's something that was, you know, out of everyone's hand, uh, something that nobody has predicted. And we can't even predict how our life would look like when you go back to work. So first of all, it's kind of acceptance. And uh, this is where, when, um, in order for you to accept life is, is just to, uh, you know, just to, to live the moment, enjoy the moment. And I would definitely recommend the book of The Power of Now, you know, just, just live this minute. Um, so this is one thing. The second is be grateful. Whatever you went through, we know there are people who we really beloved and uh, who, who, who really, who might, you know, just, uh, we lost them. Um, so we heard uh, huge numbers of dead people and who really, you know, have been, badly impacted from from this COVID-19 but at the same time um, today we speak and we're we're in a good health so let's be grateful to who we are today let's be grateful that we still have houses let's be grateful that you know uh, we still can see people we can speak you know and just be grateful to the little things that we do have Mm -hmm. whatever we do have just be grateful to whatever you have if you go back to work be grateful that you still have a job if you came out, out of this pandemic and you lost your job, be grateful that you still have your health. Mm-hmm. So just be grateful to the little things in your life. And, and being grateful would definitely have, have a, a peace within you that would help you to go to the last advice, which I would give is to, you know, just remind yourself that you have the power. 
you know, that you are empowered. Um, accepting people, being grateful would definitely give you that, that inner power. And this is what, what I would definitely encourage anyone. You know, if you lost your job, if you're not feeling well, if you, you know, change your country, you had to, you know, look for another job or whatever it is. Uh, remind yourself that you are empowered. You are fully empowered through yourself, not through the circumstances. These circumstances has built in you and has strengthened you, actually, not awakened you. So, um, so just remind yourself about these three things, and this would be my definitely advice to to everyone. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so it's so great to talk to you. Just tell people where they can find you if they're interested in hiring you. Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime. Even for an advice. Trust me, this would definitely, you know, just fulfill my life purpose. Just to be there, advise people and, and anything that they need. They can find me in my, I have a website, which is www.saralbakri.com. They can find me on Instagram, Saral Bakri as well. On LinkedIn, Saral Bakri, it's always the same name. Um, and yes, please, anytime they can just uh, contact me for anything they need. And inshallah, yani, I, I do hope that they can serve and can help other people. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's great to talk to you today. Most welcome, man. Thanks to you, actually. Thank you. <laughs> Take care. Take care, love. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.